Hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast. A show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Mark. Today I'm excited to talk to Dave Reed. Hello. Dave leads the team at Neon Management, a PR and management agency based in London. So firstly, I wanted to say, how are you? Great, thank you very much for having me. Good, good, good. Glad to hear that you're doing well. And tell me three things that make you smile. Well, that's a great question to start. Um, Anything? Health, wealth and yeah, family. Good, good, good. Yeah. yeah, obviously we um just saw each other at the event just the other night um with Liberty and everything. Brilliant, brilliant time. Yeah, thanks for coming down. It was good to see you. Yeah, great, great event. So I want to talk about how we know each other um, through obviously doing your smile and also doing Joey Essex smile work sure. as well. It was so, a few years ago now, wasn't it? How long ago? Did yeah, I, I was thinking it might be seven yeah. years ago. Yeah, it must be, must be easy. Yeah, yeah. So that was really great um, to to give you guys uh, smile transformation and everything. And No, definitely. I was hanging around, I was still do, hanging around with Joey Essex, who's so renowned for having this amazing smile. Everybody's saying, oh, your teeth are amazing. And there's this geezer stood in the background, you know, sort of bringing my hand up to my mouth <laughs> thinking, he's got amazing teeth. I drink too much tea. Mine don't look so great. So uh, when you offered the opportunity to have mine done, I sort of got you in a headlock, didn't I? And oh, yeah. And that was the best way. <laughs> Absolutely. And marched you down to the, um, uh, to Devonshire Place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, your smile looks amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and obviously Joey's uh, is well known. <laughs> yeah, no, it, obviously, it, all joking aside, it was just he had such a great smile. He was always being complimented, mm. and I was in. I'm in this industry which everybody looks great, don't they? And, yeah. and when you're there and everybody's saying you've got nice teeth, you've got nice teeth, I thought, well, I need to get on the bandwagon. And uh, all joking aside, it's you know one of the best things I've ever done. Is that I, I, I always tell you that I'm even after seven years later. I'm being complimented on on a you know almost daily a winning basis. smile, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know your teeth were amazing. Where did you get those done? Right, um, and I'm sure you know better than most. But word of mouth is the best form of advertising, especially in what you do. Definitely. So definitely. I, I, I've, your ears must burn, but I spent <laughs> half of my <laughs> that's week. Good, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Talking about Doctor Richard and the team. <laughs> Well, that's a good because, as we said, like with the word of mouth, how we've known each other a long time and, and we've been able to, you know, pass patients on to me. And, and that's how things really work, isn't it? Um, yeah, most definitely. And, and, you know, when you make a recommendation, it's not just about saying it because I know you or you did my teeth, etc. I'm recommending you because it, it's more than the results were great. But, you know, we've We've grown to know one another in your team yeah. and, and everybody loves you that comes down there. Um, you know, it, it's more than just the actual physical. Yeah. You know, it's the whole ambience. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I was lucky I wasn't too scared of being in the dentist of chair. Um, but a lot of people are, oh, aren't they? They're, they're yeah. scared of that and I perhaps didn't appreciate that. So when we're sending along, they need to be, their mind needs to be put at rest and, exactly. and you know, the whole thing and feel that they're in capable hands, which I know they are. So, it, you know, I do recommend you and it, it's genuine because I believe, you know, you're the best in the business. Yeah, I yeah. really always try and um, put people at ease yeah. um, be as gentle as I can and, yeah. and listen to what they 
really want and try and make sure that we give them what the smile that's right for them that i think like that's really good with liberty as well um only subtle changes but that make a big difference to a smile you know don't get me wrong i might be a bit older and i'm six foot four and but i don't want an injection for you know and these the taste like anybody but i i've just learned a little bit of mind over matter but i think that the overriding thing i would say to anyone for the few seconds of discomfort the that the results are just so worth it and I, and I kind of take myself into that place when I sit in the chair I think ah, exactly this is so worth it exactly yeah so um tell us about neon management and when did you start neon management and how did you get into the industry even yeah neon management celebrates 20 years next year wow. uh, 2022 so yeah amazing <laughs> so I've been around the block as they say um I never planned to do it uh I was uh, managing a nightclub in the West Country. Uh, I met a very good friend uh, at the time, a, a guy called Ross Kemp. He was Grant Mitchell on EastEnders at the time. Yes. And we were very good friends and we worked together. And he he was actually the guy that convinced me to get out of the nightclub game and set up um, Neil Management, which, which we did. And uh, I've never looked back. It was one of those things that perhaps I should have done sooner. Yes. You know, but life doesn't work like that. But it just led you naturally yeah. into it. You go off on tangents in life, don't you? I didn't yeah. train at university for it, but I've met some great people along the way and I've learned my trade probably the the harder way, but I think I've learned it because I've, you know, through the people I've met probably. Yeah, I think there's really good people in the industry who really look after each other you know and i would say you know uh, from you from knowing you that's the way and then obviously always there's some people in the industry who are out purely for themselves you know and yeah i mean as i say i'm my company's 20 years next year so um i'm pleased to say i'm not one of those but yeah no. there are certain of course there's, there's like in any industry there's certain reprobates i'm sure that aren't you know <laughs> um so and also there's young people that's the thing you know there's egos and lots of young people and you've got to appreciate sometimes you think you know these people are young that all of a sudden there's all of this uh interest in them and all this opportunity well definitely in what i'm doing now because my company is very focused on reality um i never set out that when when neon management was formed uh, we were very heavily involved with soaps eastenders coronation street and that because they were you know they were demanding actors yeah and and the shows were demanding 20 million viewers for say you know uh, grant mitchell and tiffany on a christmas everybody knew everybody knew who (laughs) they were and and they you know the ratings were huge that but that was before channel 5 and sky tv landed but now obviously we've got completely different um, viewers habits and we're very much into the world of reality tv and that's where my company is very focused on it when reality first sort of started and Davina McCall popped up on TV on Channel yes. 4 saying, please do not swear, this is Davina. <laughs> Everybody, including myself, wondered what on earth this was going on. What is this you know, reality? And, of course, all the actors at the time, oh, that'll never last, that'll never last. And here we are 20 years down the road, and it, it's not only lasted, but it's kind of dominating. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think actually people like it because it is real. And maybe that's what people had wanted to see is real life like if you think about also like goggle box people watching in a television people want to see real people having real that's, having experiences and yeah that's true but also 
it's cheap TV to make. I think that's one of the main reasons that it kind of got so much um, started. It started because you haven't got to pay overpriced um, egotistical actors who want yeah. limousines in Winnebago's parked everywhere. You're just bringing in Joe Bloggs from Nottingham yeah. off of a building site. And also, you never know what's going to happen because you put people together and you never know how they're going to react. You know, there might be romance, there might be arguments, but you don't know. No. So it, that that kind of... There's, there's so many genres, of course, reality TV, because Big Brother was probably the, the icebreaker, the, the big one that started it all off. And, and as a company, we got very involved with that and we managed you know, quite a few Big Brother oh, contestants <laughs> because business was great. But after 10 years, I think you know, Channel 4 kind of realised it, 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 it had its shelf life. Of course. Um, everything does. Um, but it, there were still a hardcore viewers that wanted to watch it. So Channel 5 picked it up. And it went on to Channel 5. But um, commercially for a company where we were, it wasn't performing as we would perhaps, you know, as we were of used course. to. Yeah. So we were all kind of sat in the office thinking, what's next? what's next? What's next? What do we, you know, what do we do? And then a, a young gentleman by the name of Mark Wright walked into my office um, with a guy who worked for me at the time and said, um, I've been approached by some producers and we're considering making a show about Essex. What do you think, Dave? So... Um, we did some research and we found out the producer, in fact, a guy called Tony Wood, he was very, you know, very, uh, very good at his job with a good pedigree from Coronation Street and Hollyoaks and things. And, and we said, yeah, if Tony Wood's name's across it, you should do it. And of course, The Only Way is Essex was born a few months later. And that took reality TV into a what's called constructed reality. So it's another new genre. Yes. Um, and I had many clients on there. Still have my longest sort of standing client, Joey, who you know. He went on to the show, um, and it was extremely successful. Mm. Um, the only way is Essex, and it's still on TV now. Exactly. Well, it's interesting how TV adapted, and then you also adapted with it, you know, rather than just staying in one thing. You kind of have to... Oh, we have to stay move. down with the... We have yeah, to evolve, yeah. Exactly, and evolve. Yeah, we have to evolve as a company, and uh, the same... I mean, exactly the same thing that happened with Big Brother happened with uh, Towie after... Uh, it had a good stint yes. on ITV2. It's heyday. It had its heyday, ITV2, and then it got passed over to ITVB to launch a new ITV channel. Uh, ratings were not what they were, mm -hmm. and commercially it wasn't doing the business that we were used to doing for it. So we kind of all sat there and thinking, oh, that's a bit of a shame. We had a good run with that. Wonder what's next. And then had a conversation with some producers at ITV actually and they said we're going to bring Love Island back mm. and I thought well I haven't got any single celebrities at the moment I can't really help with that And but they said no we're not, not going to do it with celebrities we want Joe Bloggs we want real people Yeah. and so um, off we went and we found some people and I think in the first series uh, Hannah Owens and John Clark we put in the first show and we've had people on every series since and um, Love Island is, is kind of it's at its peak at the moment it's yeah it's it. interesting how the celeb one was less popular than the real uh, yeah. than the you know uh, yeah very true that, yeah. yeah it's interesting tell me about Joey Essex and working with him and how you guys met yeah, Joey. Um, Joey didn't go on series one of uh, the Only Way Is Essex, as I remember. We had Mark Wright on that series, um, but then Joey decided he wanted to join. So in series two, he went in, and I remember sitting at home, Chinese takeaway on my lap. I think it was a Sunday evening, 
The only way is Essex popped up. And they have a strap line, which is basically the name comes up on the screen of the person. And it said, Joey Essex. And I'm thinking, Joey Essex on the only way is Essex. That's not real. You know, this can't be real. And uh, I called a guy who worked for me. And he said, yeah, that's his name. I said, I need to meet this lad. So we met him, I think, the very next day. Uh, we went to a pub in Essex and met him. Uh, and he had his passport in his pocket, which was very funny, because I said, that is that your real name? And he pulled his passport out. Because <laughs> I'd only, I think, David Essex, I'm old enough to remember <laughs> David Essex, a pop star. But I'd never heard anyone with that surname other than that. So That's yeah. such a Joey thing as well, to pull it, the passport out. pull the passport out, <laughs> like, to prove it there and then on the <laughs> okay, spot. Okay. It, was, it was very funny. Um, I had to get in quick, because... Uh, the only way is Essex was a, a big show, and Joey, he was he looked like he looked like a Ken doll. He he just yes. looks you know he just looked like Mr. Essex. His hair was yeah, like yeah. very perfect looking. perfect looking yeah, and I knew the interest was going to be there, which of course it was. And um, so I just thought, when you have meetings like this, you've just got to be straight to the point. And I said, um, I don't want to beat around the bush. You're going to be inundated with agents wanting to sign you. Um, and that's why I'm here. I want to meet. I want to sign you. I said um, I'm going to make you a fortune. I sort of just put it on the table. Thought, you know, this is very just, straight. I was trying to it? talk into ways that I thought that people then wanted to could hear. really understand to understand. Yeah, um, but so could other agents. Yeah, and I did have a bit of a pitch kind of rehearsed of what you know. You want, I wanted to yeah tell him I could do, but I didn't need to because he was very quick and he. Um, he, I think his dad, the story, he's put this in his autobiography, so this isn't an exclusive yes. for you, but he has discussed this before, and it's, it makes me laugh thinking about it now. He um, he just borrowed, I think, about £12,000 off of his dad to buy a smart car. I don't know if you remember it, Howie. Of course. He had the little smart car, and he used to whip around, you know, he used to yeah, yeah. drive around. Good to park. Yeah, easy, easy to, to park. park. <laughs> so he had that, and I just remember this young lad, he was 19, 20 years old when I met him, and he said... Um, if you give me a 12 grand advance I'll sign with you now and he stuck his hand across the table to shake my hand and I thought I could is this confidence is it cocky whatever I don't know I just thought I kind of liked it because yeah. he just I was being straight and direct yeah and he came straight back at me he offered his hand for a handshake and said if you give me a 12 and I put my hand in his hand within about point seven of a second of him saying it nearly pulled his arm out of his socket when I shook it and I said that's not a problem because I will earn you that by this weekend yeah and I did I oh. booked him some <laughs> I booked him some nightclub PAs or something yeah yeah and, yeah. and I think I give him his check in yeah his head fell off he couldn't believe you know that that money could be earned so quickly yeah so that was the beginning of our relationship and it, it makes me smile to this day because I thought you cheeky little so-and-so <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes well that's just his way right it's his way but I liked it yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting as well how um, you guys have been to, uh, you know, he's been represented by you for so long. And in a way, he becomes like family to you too, right? Very much so. That's very, that's a good point. He is a loyal, but I'm very loyal too. Yeah, um, I think that suits both of your yes, characters. definitely. The, the, one of the hardest things when you manage, especially... Um, reality tv is managing expectations is the trickiest thing yeah because most young people that go on to these shows they think they have this forgiven right to be a celebrity for the rest of their life mm -hmm. and earn lots of money and never have to go back and work in asda or whatever yeah of course. and and the 
the truth is it doesn't work. That's like not that. actual reality. That's no, not. <laughs> it's not the reality of the reality TV. <laughs> it's not at all. The actual reality is 90% of people will unfortunately not be very successful. Mm. You know, there aren't very many Joey Essexes. Of um, course. You know, if you look at reality TV over the years, probably female, you know, you have to say Charlotte Cosby's absolutely smashed it from yeah. Geordie Shaw. Joey's probably one of, you know, he is an icon, isn't he? A reality TV icon. Yeah. And then if you look at shows such as even Love Island, which we're on Series 7, coming up for Series 8, there's been, you know, literally hundreds of people go through the villa doors. And there's probably less than 10, it, I would say, you could say are really successful yeah. and made a career out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got your Olivia Atwoods. Exactly, Olivia Atwoods. It, I think Josh, people like Josh Denzel, quietly under the radar, but he's presented his sport, very good at what he does. Yeah. You know, so there are certain successful people. But the majority of people, unfortunately, that won't happen. No. But So we always say, and I think ITV are very heavy when they have these conversations, is come and enjoy the experience. It'll be the best holiday of your life. You meet some great people. You have some fun. But just you've got to sort of treat it that that's it. Yeah. But some people, of course, will be. Most girls that go in there now, they all want to be Molly May because she's completely done so well as an influencer. She's killed it. And, and, you know, she's on, I don't know, five, six million followers. But the truth is none of the, the girls are going to emulate that because she's kind of mastered it. Yeah. And this is the, when you take a new client that the hardest thing is to find the niche or in PR they call it a hook so you need to have something which is a little bit genuine now Molly May is the influencer nobody's touch is, is going to touch her but to be fair even if you were good as an influencer Instagram's now it's not it's kind of it's yeah not, it's not going down but, but it, it's, it's maturing, pe- it's maturing yeah. um, because it's TikTok yeah. so the next big person your next Molly May if you want to say those words will be probably a TikToker yeah, because that's yeah. where the growth is. That's where the young people are. Yeah, or at least video medium, like Most you know, Most in definitely. the YouTube's and YouTube Shorts now, something like that. A hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah. So you know, we've got some the people that would be. be perhaps most successful from shows like Love Island are perhaps not always the ones you would think. Like we, we've got a girl called Lucy Donlan on our books. Mm. She didn't make even make the final. She didn't win. I think she made it to about week five, but she's done so well for a few reasons one is she's actually amazing at um, producing content which the brands love but her niche is she's into her and, and it's not she's not putting this on it's actually that is actually she's uh, into her ocean clean beach recyclable uh, sustainability yeah and and the brands at the moment is so on trend yeah and so she she actually does very very well yeah because she's got her niche she's not trying to be like all the other love no. islanders and when she's it, very natural presented isn't naturally she? she's not yeah she's not trying to follow all the other girls from love island around to the next london party in the west yeah. end not that i'm criticizing yeah. that but what she's done is chiseled her own niche her, her and own her image and with us we've we've been really sort of we've put a lot of time into making sure that we've kept her on that kind of in that lane and it's worked and she's very successful yeah, well, it shows the more real you are, more authentic, and also if you can come with your own niche. Authenticity is, is key. Is important, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we talked a little bit about Love Island and um, working with the stars from the show, and obviously you've got uh, from this show, Liberty, 
and Lucinda. Yeah, we've got Liberty, Lucinda and Lily from this series. Oh, so we've got yeah, three girls, yeah. Really nice. Um, so I wanted to also give a shout out to Gemma and Megan from your team. Yeah. So when did they join the team and how did that come about? Gemma's my number one, to be honest. She's been with me five, six years now, I think. It's yeah, scary. she's pretty amazing. Yeah, so again, she's... Um, uh, you know, it's like it's like your business, any business. You you know, I'm the I'm the one sat here on the podcast, mm-hmm. giving the interviews. But I couldn't do it on my own. You need your gemmers, you know. And we've got we've got other people that you won't know behind the scenes, right. you know, right down to accounts. So whether it's yes. Hugh, Megan, Danielle, there's people that are, you yeah. know, you you haven't met and people won't. But like any small team you've got it's, it's, it's all about teamwork definitely and they all have their specialities and all have yeah their and i've kept it boutique a few years ago i think i tried to expand probably too much it's it's uh, it's not greed it's just a natural progression and i without mentioning names i look at some other agencies and they're trying to expand and they're taking on too many but all they've got is a load of clients walking around london complaining they're not working and looking for another agent <laughs> and that's even worse that's worse it's yeah. much better as you've done and then you get the longevity it's always loyalty yeah, especially with reality tv i think with i think with established pop stars or actors and footballers they, they tend they tend to stay loyal to their agent yes but i think what happens is you go on to a show such as love island you're on there a year later another series comes so you become a little bit dated and not so relevant and the first thing is oh it's my agent he's not very good or she's not very good. it's it's not it's because you've had your 15 minutes and yeah, you haven't yeah. brought anything new to the table and that it's just it's taken its natural time time exactly um but most people won't take it as gracefully as that and think it's time to move on it's like well i need to get another agent but the truth is your agents you know most agents are quite yeah, they want to do the best for them. They want to do, yeah, yeah. But you know, there's no harm in moving on and trying. But um, in reality, um, it just means you've had your fifteen minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, what is it really like in the world of TV? Like, um, what's it like behind the scenes of reality TV? And what's it like working with executives as well? People probably be interested to know, like what goes on behind the scenes and how how it, how people come up with a show and you know that's a question we would need about three weeks <laughs> to answer i it. like to wrap all yeah. these questions into one humongous question yeah that, that's, a, that's a tricky one because that would take a, a yeah long. but you know um how for instance I, how do you come up with a show well you take take a show such as love island for example which is now current so we talk about that one mm. when it first started i had no competition i think series one and two there were, i had no other agents i could take my pick who mm. i wanted it was like because nobody knew nobody it, knew. Did, it did grow it grow because series one probably had seven hundred and fifty thousand viewers um per ep and then i think series two probably grew to a million but by the time it got to series three it kind of popped him it was up to three plus million and and i had competition coming from everywhere everybody's auntie mum dad uncle was becoming an agent yes, uh, yes. which again listen i i can't i can't manage everybody i'm not of course we haven't got and, and i welcome competition but there's the only problem with that is i do sometimes think i sometimes feel sorry for some people that they're being managed by somebody that i could look at and think you you haven't got the right representation so because they don't know what they're doing you haven't got the experience you know um it, it's a 50 50 thing part of the, part of the argument is you just want someone that you is there for you that they're working hard for you that so an agent is just somebody who believes in you but you also need that experience because if you've just got got somebody that's just trying to set up a little a new startup agency then they're using you 
for their means, but you're not getting the representation that perhaps you deserve. Yeah, I got it, got and, it. And if you don't take that window of opportunity, six months later, when you realise that, and then you do go and contact an agency that know what they're doing, you've missed the boat. Yeah, yeah. It, things move very quickly. Very things quickly. Things move very quickly. Very, yeah, yes. yeah. You have to strike when the iron's hot. But obviously my job really is to get longevity so i want to keep it going yes, for the longer time of course but if some shows you have to you have to look at that honeymoon period and cash it in yeah well, that what about then the personal brand building i think we said already it's about that authenticity genuine um nature i i remember joey saying to me also that and i think this is something he's really good at he it's all such a nice and charming person it does actually pay to be nice you know oh, oh yeah most definitely yeah because you get caught out so even the people in our industry like any industry they should divas yeah but i think over time they get found out yeah i think the time of like the diva you know the Mariah Carey is gone. <laughs> Somebody like a Gemma Collins, though, I don't think she really is that person, but she's just very clever at playing it. Yeah, she's but you're funny this... enough, it's, all, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, so people like it. 100%. You know, she's clever. She's almost developed this kind of third party. It's not me. I'm not a diva. Yeah. GC is. And in the same way that um, Lee Francis has developed Keith Lemon. Yeah. Keith yes. Lemon gets away with absolute what murder get away with. On, on, on Celebrity Juice. You know, he destroys his guests, but that's not... Lee Francis, that's Keith Lemon. It's like throwing a custard pie in your face or whatever. Yeah, so, so alter ego can work. Alter ego is, yeah, and it's a like fair, a Borat as well. Exactly, <laughs> exactly that. So, yeah, I think you have to be quite intelligent to be able to do that in this yeah. industry, you know, it's quite clever. Joey, I get asked all the time, you know, people say, is he stupid? And of course, he hams it up a little bit, but on the other hand, as I've said before, he, he's not a rocket scientist. He hasn't. Um, no, he has, I always say that as well. Like, yeah. he, he's not gone through a huge academic process so he's not done a huge amount of academia but he he's kind of streetwise he's very streetwise but like you say he's not academically you know but without you know getting too deep into his story his he had you know he had a, a really traumatic experience when he was 10 years old yeah so and if that had happened to me oh, i wouldn't me have too. learned i would have learned nothing at school not that i did no, learn much to anybody but yeah so what he went through losing his mum at such a young age then he has a right to not have learned too much at school because my, i would have my you know i would have been the same in a way it's amazing that he after that he's actually pretty well adjusted yeah i mean exactly of course of course you're going to be scarred by that but yeah listen he at the end of the day I know it sounds cheesy but you said the word nice and I've got this I really believe if someone's heart's good the rest the, the rest yeah. doesn't matter that is very important yeah if you're a good person all the all the rest is BS really yeah 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 and it's interesting how even in a, some uh, industry where everything seems to be about what's going on outside that really still rings true doesn't it and it still comes through when people are on screen and when people meet people you know, it comes through. So. Definitely, yeah, definitely. So, that's probably only one part of your question of, of nine, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. As I said, we could stay here for another three weeks. But... Yeah. Sorry, but did I answer all of your questions? Did I yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I think that's... The um, brand building yeah. part you mentioned, I think that you have to do that on an individual basis, like I mentioned Lucy just a minute ago. She's so into her, you know, sort of... Um, clean oceans and beach it's kind of thing that you obviously develop the brand around her interests yes 
exactly she likes to travel you know but somebody else could walk in the next day and they're they're interested our hair extensions and high heel shoes and things so you have to just sort of work with the individual yeah and the, yeah the other thing was i was thinking about um yeah how people kind of write a show and put it together you know that's such an interesting yeah that's not really my department so much as um but i think but what happens in tv is everybody they're like sheep and so what will happen is you'll get a show like yes, the only way is Essex. i agree with that and then and then two weeks show. later you've got made in chelsea <laughs> exactly. then you've got geordie shaw uh-huh. and then they're doing the valleys yeah. so so because of success but so if you look at tv now it's all cookery isn't it so if you can cook you're laughing if you're not on master chef you're on the great british bake-off it's one of the biggest shows on tv and it's just because of the success of that or you can't turn on a television set without a cookery show of some description yeah and then it will move to something else it it will move in a slight off on a slight tangent and we'll go somewhere else exactly yeah yeah i think the bakery as well because you know lockdown everybody was baking <laughs> that yeah. took it to a new high it's hard it's hard to get the cocktail it, the, the best reality if you want to go for reality sort of you know what is the best reality show on tv at the moment i would have to say it's probably selling sunset on netflix oh yeah because they've got sunshine yeah of and course. so everything looks amazing now i actually watch that show because i'm thinking when i retire which house if i win the lottery next week i'll go, <laughs> I'll go sooner but um i'm looking so I, so it's got so it's got the cocktail so many things so i'm looking at it if i'm honest because i just love the properties yeah of course whereas somebody else is watching it for the girls fashion the girls are all dressed head to toe in fashion yeah um and some people will love America. They want America, America, and there's a good cars, and then they're all wearing nice watches. Yeah, it's, it's very, very aspirational. But it, it, you could make exactly the same show here in London, it but wouldn't it wouldn't be work the same. because there's no palm trees and blue skies. Yeah, and the property could be a hundred million pound Mayfair property. But when the camera's filming and there's rain hitting against the window, yes. nobody's thinking, "Oh, I'd love to live there in Mayfair," even yeah. though it's a fantastic Beautiful property. Place. It just doesn't look right. Yeah. Um, but they've and the story writers on that show, what they've managed to do is mix the, you know, the sunset with the properties and all the cars and all the fashion but they've also cast it very well with all good looking girls yes and, and they're all bitchy yeah they're all arguing so yes. they're all bringing the drama so you've actually got the concoction of a perfect everything they want to it's perfect yeah i love that show as yeah. well yeah and they also all kind of worked hard to get to where I, they wanted um, <laughs> <laughs> well that's what we got to think I'll anyway to differ on that one <laughs> uh, no listen joking aside it, it, you know your question is what makes it and that has just got all the elements yeah but i guess in a way you throw it all together and it can either be amazing or it might not and you kind of also don't know at the same time love island if you again if, without getting too deep I can give you some reasons of why that show is successful, but one of the reasons is because it's in Mallorca in the sunshine. If they filmed that in Bournemouth, yeah, you'd yeah. be hoping it wasn't cloudy one day. Yeah, the yeah. next day it might have a little bit of rain. It just wouldn't work. But you've got good-looking people in bikinis around a pool. We're all sat at home yeah, in, yeah. In, in the snow uh, yeah, watching yeah. it. And, and we're thinking this is great. They look great. And we want to see that. We want to be a... You know. Yeah, and I like the romance aspect of it. You know, I, I like yeah. the, uh, the yeah. idea of, like, yeah. you know, we're, people... Again, we haven't got time today, but one of the main reasons Love Island um, is so good is because probably the demographic of their viewer which is an ITV2 audience, which is probably around 16 to 32 years old, every single one of those viewers 
is all they're all double screening. They've all got a phone in their hand. Yeah. yeah. So when they watch, uh, and they're buying, they're buying as they go. And that's the that's, that demographic the advertisers want to reach. That's right. It? So we're going into a we're going off on a bit of a it's tangent perfect. here, but that's why that show is so successful because your auntie is watching. You know, she might be watching Strictly Come Dancing, which is getting huge numbers on TV, twelve million viewers, but the majority of their audience are not. It doesn't they're not holding a, translate correct. in the same way. They're not holding an iPad or a mobile phone and shopping as they go. They're just watching the show. So it's yeah. very successful. But Love Island has worked because people are looking and they're thinking, I like that yellow bikini that Miss X is wearing. I want to buy it. They go to their app and within two clicks, it's they've it's ordered done. it. And the very next morning, before they've even brushed their teeth, the doorbell's ringing and the, the bikini's landing on their doorstep. Amazing. And that's really... If it's so put, fast. It's fast. It's, it's current. And, and that is really the crux of why it's so successful because it's just all... They've brought all of the social media... Into it. Together. Into it. And it's worked, yeah. Twitter, Instagram. It's all come together Everything. with a TV show which is on every night. Brilliant. Yeah. I wanted to also talk to you about um, kind of health and wellness and how those people on reality TV... Um, obviously you're into fitness and how it kind of uh, promotes this uh, positive healthy living and obviously it's positive smiles and and things like that and and also there's the mental health aspect of it as well and and which all kind of tells ties together with the wellness so uh again 95 questions there. <laughs> <laughs> that's me yeah but people are afraid to say this nowadays but Good looks are important in reality TV. The mm. good-looking people are normally more successful. It's mm. just the way of the world. Obviously, we're all trying to be a little bit more diverse and more inclusive. But the truth is, you know, good-looking people look better in a bikini. They're not good-looking people. So mm. it's important that they have been to the gym. They have their hair looking good. They've got their mani-pedi and their teeth look fantastic, you know. So... um looks are important in yeah. in the tv industry mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is we are going through some change which is great i i really like the fact that we're more inclusive mm -hmm. but i just think for your, the shows that we know we're not talking about mastermind or anything too intellectually course, challenging but for your average easy watching netflix or sort of reality show looks are important. important so therefore people that have been down the gym taking care of themselves they're eating well it's important. I think they've got to step up on somebody that isn't looking after themselves. And what about that mental health aspect? So we talked about how um, they've it's changed a lot, and people are kind of educated to understand that you know just go and have a good holiday, don't put too much into it, which I think shows much better now. And yeah, you know, my, my only worry about the the way that um, mental health is discussed that it's people are too flippantly discussing it. Um, so, for example, it feels like sometimes like a bandwagon or a, a, a huge buzzword. Yeah. You know, most definitely, it's like I don't think is does anybody have a bit of a bad day? You've got sacked from Tesco because you were late for five weeks on the trot. Mm. You've been sacked. You're, you're on a bit of a downer. You've had a you're a bit depressed for two days because you've been sacked and you can't find a new job. Yeah, but um, I just find the word mental health gets thrown around too easy easily yeah so that concerns me because yeah. the people that do have problems genuine genuine they need support yes um so I, I do worry about that yeah yeah of course of course and i guess also there's something about um 
like resilience as well and you know in this industry you probably got to be quite strong as well and like you know someone like joey or people who've been around a long time most definitely if you go into a show such as love island now i think you're having therapy sessions you you could be having eight ten sessions before you even considered going in there because they have to you know that's that's the climate we're in and they're going to be very strong because you need to be strong because you're going into what is actually considered a very high pressure working environment mm-hmm. you're going in there you're meeting people you've got a setup you've got to, you've got to spend the night in bed with someone you've never met before and like what this is, this is a madness. <laughs> some people probably don't mind that <laughs> some people don't mind it but but like with any young people it's, it's a bit of a playground kind of you know of mentality course. it's like you're under pressure to go yeah. in there and impression somebody's got to pick you it's like it's like picking the football team at school isn't it exactly the last it's also one? will they like me well, do they like me why don't they like that's me? right Those and, kind of and you've got to sort of be strong enough to understand that they might not all like you because exactly. that's, that's life exactly nobody likes everyone nobody likes everyone and so i think that's you need to be of that mentality to be able to deal with that mm. whereas if you're in there thinking well i haven't been picked i've been here 10 seconds and you start crying Mm. because no one's picked you and said they want to fall in love and marry you you're probably not strong enough for it yeah and look how well obviously as you've said um some of the people you work with have done who actually didn't go and find and couple up and that's why liberty smashed it this year isn't it because she went onto the show to find love but she basically said i don't need a man to kind of um and then the women love it. <laughs> they did to to validate me, you know. Yeah, I, I'm. It's I'm, a good message. Yeah, I'm. St- message. I'm strong. I I'm a I'm an independent woman. I don't need you to make me feel good. I know I'm a good person. My conscience is good, mm-hmm. and and everybody fell Which in love. True. <laughs> yeah, but everyone fell in love with her. Yeah, for including me. I you know I was at home yeah. cheering because obviously oh. you know she was my client. So of course. I, I wanted her to do well, but yeah, the message was just fantastic, and it was just so important. And, and brands were queuing up to work with her. Yeah, and it's very of the moment, isn't it? It's very much, very much. Exactly. So talk to me about your future plans. Obviously, you might see yourself in the sunset. (laughs) We talked about that already. But what would you want for the future from your agency? 20 years ago, when I first set the company up, I would run around like an absolute madman, taking everybody to lunch, trying to meet new clients, you know, just to get the company sort of off of the ground, which I did. Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, but I think now I want to slow it down. I need more harmony in my life. Yes. Um, I'm lucky in the sense that because I'm successful, people approach me. Yes. I don't have to chase it. Of course. I have to say no more to more people than I say yes, which I still don't like doing. Yes. I always used to be a bit of a people pleaser. Yes, yes. But um, I like to be honest and straight and just say yes or no. Yeah, I just want to slow it down and then when I... I've had so many good experiences. I'm lucky enough to have those lunches in amazing restaurants. I want to slow down. And you could definitely write a book. I've, have you written a book? <laughs> I've, I've been offered to write a book very many times. Um, but if I did write a book, you wouldn't believe it. Of course. Because the, some of the stories in there are, <laughs> are ridiculous. Um, yeah, but it's just not my... Um, I'm too discreet. That's why I'm successful. Of course, of course. It's also like you said, like you've come from come for a different period. So so much happened at each period, and it's like very much. Yeah, yeah. We have to evolve, and yeah, yeah it's interesting you say that. But yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. Well, you definitely got some stories to tell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing job. <laughs> and you can follow Neon Management on at Neon Management, and links to them will be in the show notes. For more about me, I'm on at Dr. Underscore Richard Underscore. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like today's show, please do rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks, and is a Pod People production. It was recorded at Spiritland Studios, and the music is by Jelly Music. And we will see you next time. Pod People.